Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. You know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Hey, it's Amy Brown here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20% to more than 80%. But we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families will never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. Now, that peace of mind means so much. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text Bobby to 785-833. That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785-833. Hey, welcome to episode 337 with Ernest. He's got a new album out today called Flower Shops. He's also got a song that is in the top 30 right now. It's him and Morgan Wallen, and it's called Flower Shops. He has five number ones as a songwriter. We'll get to that. Uh, his last one, though, was Kane Brown, One Mississippi, which just went number one. And there it is. Uh, go to ErnestOfficial.com. He's got some shows. He's uh, on Morgan Wallen's The Dangerous Tour. He's finishing on tour dates with Chris Lane's Fill Them Boots Tour. Uh, born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. And here we go. I think you're going to like it. I like this one, Mike, right? I liked it a lot. Yeah. Cool guy. Yeah, I spent some time with him before we talk about that. And did you leave in at the end? We were talking about what to leave. Is that still on this podcast? It's still on there, yeah. You can hear what we talked about that we didn't know if it was going to be on the air or not. And the discussion that we had about just the contents of this podcast and what was suitable to air and what wasn't. So if you hang to the end, you'll hear that. All right, here you go. Here's Ernest. Ernest is here. I just did your podcast. I mean, it feels like yesterday, but all time. Time is weird. Yeah. How when did I do that? It was probably a couple months. I feel like I did that podcast just because you were like, hey, you, you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, sure. I don't yeah. do a lot of podcasts. I kind of feel like I get my own space to say what I want, so I don't really... Unless I'm doing a promotion for like one of my TV shows and they're making me do stuff, Yeah, I don't. However, I felt special that you did my podcast. <laughs> well, I thought about it. and you, No, I don't know if special is the word, <laughs> but uh, I thought about it and I said, you know, I would like to go over and talk to Ernest because I feel like you're just a pretty lay it out how it is kind of dude. Yeah. You know, and I have uh, kind of the same philosophy. We kind of live in different circles, but right. it was it's pretty cool to see because you have a, a massive following and, uh, and your music following's getting much bigger, but just as a personality, you have a big following. And to a lot of your people were like going, hey, you're not terrible like I thought. <laughs> so I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, 
Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, Got me in trouble too a little bit, but that's all right. That's what it's about. Did I? Yeah, a little bit. No, I mean you did, and I did. <laughs> okay, well, that's just that's just what it's about. It's, okay, it's good content. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just want to say that as we start. No, thank you. That it was a good experience for me. Likewise, and we got down to it. It's it really cool. We did. I was. I loved getting to have a conversation with you. I thought it was. I thought it was cool that our first conversation ever was, you know, recorded. But <laughs> yeah, and we really, in the same way we did this, I think purposefully we didn't have a long chat beforehand, right? Because sometimes you can kill a little bit of that that new fuzz. Yes, not all of it, because you can always you can still get ninety three percent of what you would have gotten, right? But I, anyway, I really enjoyed it. Wanted to say that. Appreciate you having me on. I don't do a lot of those. But for some reason, I was just compelled to go over, to, went to your recording studio. Uh, it smelled like weed. It does. Yeah, it I did. mean, it's, <laughs> it did, it does, and it will. <laughs> All right, so your album is out today. Uh, and so we're going to talk about what's happening today with this project and kind of your life and your career up until that point. Okay. Um, so just so you know, we're going to bounce around a little bit. Good with me. Yeah, the whole situation's pretty fluid here. Yeah. Uh, let me, let's just start, though. Flower Shops, the album, it is out today. Here is Flower Shops uh, featuring Morgan Wallen. Mr. I take your roses If you cut off the thorns You can't take no more I'll buy violets and daisies To hide all the crazy You know, I, maybe I'd heard I don't know how I knew that song Maybe, was Morgan playing it at all? Uh, yeah, we both we both started playing it in different settings. He Got played it, it at a whiskey jam thing that kind of went viral. Got maybe that's what I saw then. Yeah, I saw he was recording it with you, and I and I messaged him, and I was like, I don't know who's like the main artist, but great song. Like, glad you guys are doing it. Yeah. So 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 tell me about you found the song. You you wrote the song, wrote but the not song. with Morgan. Right. Wrote right. it with Ben Burgess and Mark Holman. Got it. So you wrote the song and just kind of you walk in, you're in the room. I'm always curious about the genesis of the idea of who goes. Here's what it is, and did it turn into flower shops or what happened? Yeah, check. So is it, this is it's pretty unorthodox. Uh, I had been on a George Jones bender for like a month or so, just sad songs in general. I was listening to a George Jones essential playlist, and I picked Burgess up to go to the right in my truck and we're driving it's like a 30 minute drive and good year for the roses comes on on the playlist and we both knew the song but we just hadn't like listen we just both caught a moment listening to it like god what a title and burgess was like we should write a song like with a weird title like uh it's been a good day for flower shops or something and i was like yeah and i had no idea at that time what it what it meant so we talked about it on the drive and we realized it was just kind of this guy that like run out of apologies and down on his luck. Good love, good girl, messed it all up. I'm going to go spend my last time at the flower shops. By the time we got to Mark's, like the idea was kind of sussed out, picked up a guitar, started getting the melodies down, and the song was written in like 45 minutes once we got to Mark's. You know, I'm tired of people talking about how these great songs are written so quickly. It's, it, <laughs> it happens. I don't though. like it. I don't like it when these great songs come out so quickly. <laughs> It makes it seem way easier than it should be. It's a great song. Thank you. Yeah, you guys did a great job. Thank you. And I don't say that a lot because there are a lot of songs, and I believe only just the nature of numbers, only a select few can be great. Right. And I think this is a great song. And so how did the Morgan hop on it? Like, what was that? Um, That was just a, I sent him the song in a text. Like, we send each other songs just to listen to. 
And he was like, well, Bub, I love this. And a few weeks went on. I played it at a Whiskey Jam 10-year, whatever it was, at the Ryman. And then a couple weeks later, we were doing a writer's round together, like some private thing. And we were like, let's play it tonight. We did it, did the back and forth the way you hear it. And later that night, he went to another Whiskey Jam thing and played it by himself. And then by the time the videos had come out on that, we were like, well, this is the one we have to do together. That's cool. Yeah. I do want to go through a bit of the songs that you wrote that were massive successes for other people. And, I mean, that car you drove in, <laughs> and I want to relate it all to this. But okay. I, I want, uh, just without telling me too much, the year model of your car. 1975. Okay. Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Okay. Now, that being said, here is from 2019 Big Big Plans that you wrote with Chris Lane um, and Jacob Robert Durrett. Here you go. She don't know I got some big, big plans. You're one of the writers of FGL, I Love My Country. So that's two number one so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2020. One of the writers on Sam Hunt's Breaking Up Was Easy in the 90s. Sitting at the house, dying on my phone, wishing I was somewhere I can be alone. Try to let you go, something always reminds me. 2021, Morgan Wallen, More Than My Hometown. Yeah, I love you more than I feel I'm winning. And 2022, just went number one. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Kane Brown won Mississippi. Here you go. Mississippi, two, Mississippi, three, shots of whiskey. Now, that being said, now I want to relate it back to the car. Okay. The car, it does look cool, but it can be comfortable. They didn't create comfortability back then. But why are you looking at me like that? Because it is so comfortable. Now, there's no way. <laughs> that thing's like got to be breaking down. I have an old Bronco that's a 71, and it's awesome because it it's cool. Yeah, but it feels like you're sitting in your grandmother's living room couch in that car. Like, it is comfortable. I go in there and sit and just with my headphones on and listen to demos. But to drive that, it's awesome. <laughs> it is. But that's, when you, that's part of the comfortability. Yes, okay, fair. That's all I wanted you to say. Like, it's part of the look. It's part yeah. of the image. You drove in, and I was like, I know Ernest got some money. This must be just the day that he's driving the old car. And I respect that. Yeah. You have a more comfortable car, though? Uh, I do have a F one fifty. Nice. See now, see now, it's all happening. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one Mississippi though, like that in the last two weeks, I believe went number one, right? Yeah. With Kane. Yeah. Um, how how have you found? Have, how have you created your uh, um, camp? Uh, pretty organically. I mean, I started getting uh, integrated into the Big Loud group, like five years ago you know so like when floor georgia line really took me under their wings early on and through them a lot of natural relationships happen and then you know they signed morgan and hardy started coming around in that circle the tree vibes bus was actually a huge part of the networking the circle now that i have that uh guys i write with mark holman uh hardy jacob durrett morgan and we've kind of just it works. So I just spent the first three years doing the speed dating writing thing, which mm-hmm. everybody has to do. Um, Hopping in rooms with different people all the time over yeah, and over. Like yeah, four days a week, somebody mm-hmm. brand new. So like Rodney Clawson, another one. Just being at Big Loud, starting with Craig, you're just around a lot of talented people. And I've been lucky to be able to like have such a unique perspective as watching artists and writers and business all that sit back and kind of watch and grow up in it 
because um, now I'm about to be thrown into the fire and I have a little bit of knowledge of... Yeah, it's a different fire completely. Yeah. It's a... Uh, you're going to make way less money and you're going to have to spend more hours in a lot of different places, especially early. Yeah. However, then there's just a big flip. Yeah. And once you hit a certain level, it's like all the weight is finally on one side, and boom, and it flips over. Mm-hmm. And so then it's any creative job, mine included. I was broke for years, dec- decades. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, once you start to get success in a creative field, if boom, 180. So you grind, you hustle, you scratch, and then if you are allowed to not have to do that anymore, you don't have to do that. Where in songwriting, I feel like it grows a little slower, and you can just take a climb, a steady climb to success. Yeah, yeah. artist world, it's a whole, whole, whole different beast. Totally different, and you know, balancing the wife and kid thing because over quarantine, <clears throat> obviously everybody was taking a break, but it, there was a beautiful simplicity to just being a songwriter. And like, I know Delaney loved having me home and it would be easier, but there's just, there's something in me that once has always wanted to entertain and be an artist. It's like, I got to go do that. The entertaining that. thing's a, the big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I got to do it. Cause you're, you're an artist writing. You're absolutely an artist. You're as a, much of an artist writing as you are performing, it's just a different muscle that needs to be flexed, and it's if you find fulfillment from that other muscle being flexed. Right, right. The energy you get from mm-hmm. a group of people. Like, I don't necessarily love to be in shoulder-to-shoulder crowds. I get pretty claustrophobic, but I definitely love playing to a crowd. Always have found a crowd to, <laughs> to do something in front of. Where'd you grow up? Right here, like five minutes down the road. That's, and that is, you're the unicorn. Yeah. You're the unicorn of somebody who grows up here, stays here, does what... <laughs> the area is known for and then is really good at it it's kind of crazy it's crazy yeah because yeah. a lot of those things along the way one of those four or five steps it doesn't hit exactly right and you just just find a new path maybe you leave because you, or you're burnt out on music because you grew up in it the whole time yeah yeah i think that maybe i'm just a little delusional but i just i wasn't and i'm still not gonna accept like failing at it you know uh and i genuinely love making music so to me, it was like that was. I always told my friends in high school, I was like, I'm either gonna be famous or homeless, but I'm gonna have a guitar in my hand. Like, and st- sticking with it at times is definitely the hardest, the hardest thing to do. But it's the little breakthroughs, like you say, you never, you never know how close you are to like getting the treasure when you're digging through the wall. Mm-hmm. Like, so don't quit because um, the diamonds could be freaking right there. Right One more there, pickaxe, right there. Yeah, and that knowing that just makes it impossible for me to stop you know you growing up and learning like a banjo early on yeah where did you where did you see a banjo close to you i would watch them on hee-haw i would see them in a lot of the old but where did you see one close enough to go wow this is actually a thing people can do i'm pretty sure it was the opry like yeah second or third grade went to the opry loved bluegrass so immediately got the flattened scruggs whatever cd my mom knew i was loving my parents are not musically inclined i'm adopted so i was just seeking it out and uh they got me a banjo for christmas lessons with rob jackson four strings like the five string scrug style and um yeah i probably did like two months of lessons 
And then he realized that I was just watching him and playing with the air and not tabs, so I got fired by him. And then, uh, yeah, I picked up a guitar. I just tried teaching myself stuff. I was, I was always drawn to it. I'm pretty sure the Opry is where I first saw a banjo, though. Yeah. And I guess being here, you're going to see them in Saw real life. Well, I grew up in Arkansas. We didn't see a banjo. And nobody played music where I lived. But I knew the banjo, but it seemed yeah. like a fairy tale. Yeah. From, from watching the opera with my grandma, watching Hee Haw, old episodes of Hee Haw on like Nashville Network or yeah. you know whatever it was. Um, so do you know if your biological parents had any... Do you know, do you know about them at all? Um, I would just imagine that they were musically... Something, inclined. right? Yeah, because I don't, I don't know my dad at all, and my, I don't know my family history because my mom died and she had me, just a whole thing. But I never know my medical history. Yeah, like when I go to the doctor. Yeah, right. And they're like, "Hey, what are you? What's your medical history?" I have, I never know. Same. Yeah, exactly. And so, I, but there's got to be something that one of them or two of them, both of them did. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I've just when I was two or three, there's pictures of me banging yeah. pots and putting my own little pot drum set together. Um, yeah, I, was, I felt called to do it. I always knew in school that I wasn't going to do anything I was learning in school. But What's cool about you, too, is you embrace what I think artists that are in, in any genre have, and that is influences in all directions. Yeah. And I feel like, and I'm a bit older than you, but I feel like I was lucky enough to be in the first era of downloadable music where you could, Napster happened, and I could take music from anywhere and everywhere. Because in the past, you'd have to drive to the store, and there's limited selection based on the region you were in, and different genres were um, a bit more prevalent in different parts of the country. So growing up in Arkansas 10 years before I did, people would have only had access to, you know, some pop, some rock, but a lot of country. Right. And, And I am heavily influenced by country, but that being said... I was such a, a 90s alternative guy. I was such a hip-hop guy. Yeah. I was such a country guy. So when I came here to do this, there was so much pushback on me because I embraced all that even on my show. Yeah. Even played it. Yeah. And so they were like, well, no, you're country. And I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. If you were born, like, or you were a teenager in the early 2000s, yeah. late night, you, this is you. It doesn't matter what format you say you are. You still have all these influences. Yes. That being said about you, here is a clip of your debut rap song, Dope Man. I just got paid. Hey. Different flavors on the table if I wanted to choose. And I haven't heard this. Chronic. I know just holler when I'm looking for bubonic. I just do what I do, nothing new, trying to cool. All these people want a piece of So I would too. You can do both. <laughs> you can do both. Yeah, I tried. I tried. There's nothing that, and, and you doing that doesn't make you less country. Right. I do agree with that. I do agree with that. And that is always, <laughs> and, I, and that's the hill that I will probably die on because I've been standing on it screaming forever. That it's okay. Yeah. You can love and be country, but also you can have a love for something else too because, again, early 2000s, late 90s, when music started to be able to be consumed from any and everywhere, we started to be influenced by everything. Yes. Yeah, it becomes our DNA. Like, uh, the same Christmas I got a banjo, I got the Space Jam soundtrack, and the rest is history. Like, I I mean, if you go through the Space Jam soundtrack, you get introduced to Salt and Pepper, Jay-Z, uh r kelly oops um who else you get you get um 
it's like early Jay Z, and then Bugs Bunny. But Jay Z wrote Bugs Bunny's verse. So it's like even Bugs got bars on Space Jam soundtrack. I made a note here on my phone. The um, Old Town Road. What is the what 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 did you do on that song? So uh, I helped write Mason Ramsey's verse. And when the Young Thug and Mason Ramsey part came out, right? That's right. All yeah. I wrote was Ernest Old Town Road. Yeah. And I was like, I know there is some. Yeah. Okay, here is Ernest. Uh, Writing for Mason Ramsey, who is known as the Yodel Kid, just so yeah. people know. Here yeah. you go. Hop up in my razor, got a thousand acres, ride up on the cows with a spray that it don't face. Ohio, give me your guy. If you ain't got no giddy up and giddy on my way. Did you go in with him to kind of walk him through the cadence of that? Uh, yes, but this is how it happened. Jake Owen and I, uh, did a verse for fun before this opportunity came. Uh, and then I got a call. This is like two weeks before this. And I get a call from Mason's manager. He goes, hey, we're going to put out an Old Town Road remix with Thug tomorrow. Can you come to the studio tonight? So I go to Big Loud. It's like 9 o'clock. Tonight. Tonight. Need, I yeah. just finished dinner with Delaney, and I get this phone call. And I was yeah. like, hey, babe, I got to go to the studio. You're not going to believe this. So, it is, so I go in there. It's Mason and me. And I... I wrote a whole new verse for Mason. And then we FaceTime Lil Nas X. And he was like, uh, what about that? I want it to sound more like that verse y'all did with Jake Owen. So we pulled more from that. The hop up in the razor, got a thousand acres. That was me and Jake's version. And then kept the, you know, giddy up. <laughs> you ain't got no giddy up, then giddy up my way. It might be my favorite line ever. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you do a remix for a song like that, and I know they're just... The goal of putting out a new version is to keep streams up because it all counts for the same song. So if you put a new version of it yeah, out, yeah. it still keeps rolling. You as a creator, do you make much off of that version? Like the third, I would because I wouldn't zero. I made zero. Wait, on that. how if you write that one's a that one's like a whole probably off air conversation trying to figure out. But yeah, let's do something. I'm so, in on this too. I'm there, in. there were so many people involved in that track bro before i even before it even came to my plate like you owe them money now somehow legally. <laughs> somehow it's somehow like, i, I owe them three hundred thousand dollars <laughs> but um but yeah i i just went with my name on the credit and because i just felt like you know there's times That's to pick, pick your battles yeah yeah we'll do that <laughs> pick your battles in every pair of tacova's boots you can expect handmade quality first wear comfort and timeless western style a great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Tacovas.com. And don't go gently, y'all. 
This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. A uh, song on Walker's new album, Walker Hayes, uh, DeLorean. Yeah. And this one, you know, is getting a little heat socially. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. And now DeLorean puts me in the backseat of your court again. Losing your shirt on the floor, board again. By good Lord, again. And I'm not going to spend the whole time doing music. I just want early on to give yeah, yeah. folks an idea. Were you uh, named after Ern- Ernest Hemingway? <laughs> no, my dad is Ernie, Ernie Smith. So they, they went ahead and slapped me with the Ernest. Ernest Keith Smith is my full name. Okay. And let's just start from the very beginning. You grew up in Nashville. Yeah. Um, you were adopted. Mm-hmm. When did you learn? Uh, I don't remember being told I was adopted. So I think so it, it was, was always just... It was always known. Uh I know when I was seven, uh, we adopted my little brother and my parents. Like I had a gift, I opened it. Said, "You're a big brother now." I was like, yeah, we're going to St. Louis to pick up my brother. It wasn't. I've always known I was adopted. Where? Um, what part of town did you grow up in? Forest Hills, like Tyne and Granny White. So in Nashville, 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 Nashville. Yeah. I I bought the house that my dad grew up in. I live in my grandparents' house now. My parents moved back in across the street. So it's like opposite of how I grew up. Is how my son's growing. Uh, in school for you, were you a kid that enjoyed the learning school part of it? Not at all. No, no I, I enjoyed like the social aspect of it in between periods was when I thrived before school and after school. Um, but baseball was like, it was baseball and that was it. So let's just say you're in 10th grade. Like what did, what did Ernest or Ern, what were were you? Keith at that time. Oh, you were Keith. Okay. Keith, yeah. What what did Keith think he was going to do with the rest of his life when he was in 10th grade? Music, but I didn't know what any of this looked like. Like, But not baseball. Well, yeah, that's, I knew I wanted to go play college baseball. Pro would have been awesome, but I definitely, in my mind, get done with high school, play college baseball. Uh, My, my short-sighted, not reach for the stars dream was to take my dad's coaching position at Lipscomb High School. He coached there for like forty-six years, so I was I was like 
the non-dreamer in me would I'm gonna do that. The dreamer in me was just like, oh, I always had a guitar everywhere I went. What and, were you known more for in high school, as the athlete or the music kid, or the athlete that played music? Because that's the thing. Probably too. the athlete that played music. Like if you if you asked anybody I played summer baseball with. They would remember that I was freestyle rapping in the dugout and in the outfield. Like I was always rapping. <laughs> so, as much as as much as baseball, also music, making up songs, clowning on my teammates and stuff. When you made your Opry debut, I think I saw on your Instagram, and that was pretty recent, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, January eighth or something like that. of this year, right? Yeah, yeah. When you made your Opry debut, now as someone who grows up, is it? It's always going to be awesome. But is it like less of an out of body of experience because you've always been here and been close to it? There's even more because you only ever see people come into town that are great and make it. It's like aliens arrive and get to do it, not people that grow up here. Yeah, I think it was like more out of body for me because there's like a surreal moment I had getting to stand in the circle when I was about that third or fourth grade age, right when I was getting into it, like in between sets, set changes. One of, uh, one of the girls that played for my dad in high school, her dad was a steel guitar player in the Opry band. So he took me to the Opry one night, and I stood in the circle. I was like, I want to do, I want to do this when I grow up. So getting to the next time I stepped in the circle was when I was playing the Opry. And it, I, I still probably haven't processed it all the way, like watching videos afterwards. But like in the moment, I, look, I think back on it, it feels like one of those dream memories. It's like, it was a blur, a lot going on backstage. But the gravity of, like, everybody that's been on the circle and what it means, I try not to lose sight of that at all. Because um, I, I think being a country music artist is, like, especially now is an awesome responsibility to be able to carry the meaning of country music. Like, to me, it's not about being redneck or whatever. It's songwriting and storytelling is what I think is the coolest part of country music. And that's what I'm trying to do. And some of the best people to ever do it stood right there in that circle. And these are all the thoughts I'm thinking before I go out on stage. I saw um, when you did your opera debut, and I saw, I saw you were doing it first because I, I produced the TV show. I helped produce it and I host it. But I wasn't there that night. I think I was maybe shooting the show in Coast. I don't know what I was doing. I was, but I, I was not able to be there that night. Um, and you came out and you did flower shops and Morgan came out with you, right? Yeah, was that I that brought night? him out. Okay, and then I saw it became a bit controversial. Yeah. You know, I've talked about this if you don't want to. What what for, what did you feel from that? Um, I mean, in the moment in the night, it was it was awesome. I mean, people in the crowd loved it. All my family was there. Um, it was all special backstage. They had a cake for me. Like it was Yeah, it's always a very wholesome yeah. um you feel uh very welcomed. Yeah, you feel like people are rooting for you and proud of you. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, I mean, the best vibes that whole night was was awesome. Uh, so I, I probably didn't think too much about backlash of having Morgan out with me, but at the same time, that's like my brother. So, and we have the song together, and I wasn't going to not do flower shops with Morgan at the Opry. I just felt like was that ever a thought in your mind? Like I don't know if some folks will get upset or not, or do, you, or maybe it was. And you're like, I don't care. I really, di- I really didn't think about it. I really didn't think that it would be. Um, but I get, I get why people were upset. But that's okay. I'd, Morgan, 
Morgan needed that moment too. Like uh, we got to go do our song together at the Opry. I think that's awesome. It got some of the specialness got taken away from it. I think because of that, and that's okay. Maybe that's my fault. But whenever I came and did your podcast, you were you had lured me over to a part of the world where you were like, "Let's talk about radio and how things." <laughs> and I just remember, even before I went into it, I was like, "You know what? When I talk about this, I always get in trouble." There's going to be a couple headlines that come from this. Yeah. I'm going to say how I feel, but I know I'm getting my bosses are going to call me because it's going to eventually. And I just knew that I was going to step in it, but it's a step in that I was okay with because yeah. it's, just, it's just annoying to deal with it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that was what I just did to you a little bit. Yeah. And then we move on. Yeah. But that was my one. I felt it. Yeah. But it's all good. Now we're even. Yeah, we're even. It's and, all and, good. And, and it's both of how we felt about yeah. certain things. Yeah. And, uh, There'll probably be a blog or two that makes a comment out of that. Yeah. And I'll just probably text you and be like, yeah, how's that feel? How's it feel? That's what happened to me too. <laughs> Thanks, except, my, except my bosses were <laughs> screaming down my neck. Stop talking about the... Because I think right after... Uh, why was I... Let me remember back to the podcast when I came over to your place. Something had happened and I'd gotten in a lot of trouble for doing something. And you brought it up. And, you're, and you had your guy over there to come in and ask the question to take the heat off of you. Which I recognize and go... Nice move. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. I <laughs> but I, I wish I... Re- Mike, do you remember what, the, what I was on his podcast? I don't remember exactly. Was it number ones? I thought... Oh, it was. that's what it was. Oh, okay. It was when yeah, I got in trouble. we didn't even on, really get all the way deep Well, let me tell you. <laughs> I, that happened on TikTok. I got into so much crap. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I only talk about it on TikTok. I'm like, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. And I went over to your podcast, and it was like, hey, let me ask you about that trouble. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Well, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. Okay, I'm not. When somebody does <laughs> an hour-long anything, yeah. I feel like you get, like, two chances to make the person slightly uncomfortable. And if yeah. they get any more than that, you stop, and you go, oh, we're good, we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's it. You got me. Yeah. And I f- was honest about how I felt. And then I got you, and yeah. you're honest about you. And now we'll yeah. move on and get to something. We'll move stuff. on and yeah. get to some other stuff. Great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like this game. <laughs> the uh, was talking to Kane about one Mississippi. This is, I think, it was way before it was a number one song. Maybe when it was announced as a single. And he had mentioned that he met somebody on Instagram and invited him to write. Mm-hmm. A rant, someone that he had never met before. Right. It was Kane, Levon, Levon Gray, and uh, Jesse Frazier. Okay, so you get into the room with this guy. Mm-hmm. What's the sitch? I mean, pretty pretty unorthodox day again. Me, Jesse, and Kane are hanging, waiting on this dude to show up, and it was first time Kane ever met him in person too. So, like, talk about the small talk at the beginning of a session. Usually, it's up thirty or forty minutes. We kind of. Had the quickest catch-up of all time. Yo, what's up? Boom, boom, boom. LeVon sits down. Was he nervous? Like, visibly? Not visibly. I mean, dude was just ready to hang. Good mm-hmm. hang. And uh, had the idea, had the title, One Mississippi. Uh, Jesse, I think, started a track. And, like, I kind of just started freestyling with with that title. And Kane was like, yeah. And LeVon would throw some stuff out. And it it was really nice. I mean, everybody was involved, and LeVon was awesome. Dude, that doesn't happen, you know? Like, like It sounds like, to me like it does, because every freaking song you talk about, you're like, you know what? We no. sat down, 20 <laughs> minutes later, I, that, bought, I bought a 74 Continental. <laughs> <laughs> that happens, but I'm just I'm talking about, like, 
a dude's first day in Nashville. He had like his homies and his fiance hanging out in a van in the parking lot while he wrote. It's his first ever legit song right. With an artist, it gets cut. And that's number it one. goes to radio and yeah. it's number one. That never happens. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, now you hope he doesn't think that's normal. No, and I, I mean, dude, I'm pretty sure we told him that day. It's like, this is not normal. <laughs> you know, like, me and Jesse looked at each other like, Whoa. after seven years of grinding, grinding, getting a cut, and LeVon comes in here. But, dude, talk about now you now you have a job. To, now you got to go into every room and show up, and he's doing it. So that's what was, awesome. What was your first cut? My first cut was, uh, I can't remember the name of the song, but it was me and Mitchell Timpenny, we wrote it, and Radio Romance cut it. I was like probably 2014, but then my first cut on like a big album was Dig Your Roots, Florida Georgia Line. Um, what You got to help me here. Radio Romance. Radio Romance was a band. There are a band signed to Sony ATV. Still. At least they were. I think they're still signed somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I cannot remember the name of that song. Radio Romance. They were like a. You wrote a song. It was your first ever cut, and you do, that, That's how you know somebody has too many hit songs or when they can't remember. Too much weed, or maybe a mixture of both. <laughs> maybe a mixture of both. Do you watch your song Flower Shops move up the chart? Do you check in? Um, people tell me. I, I I try not to. My father-in-law Delaney's dad. Um, he he wrote Grundy County Auction back in the 90s. For John Michael Montgomery? Yeah, yeah, him and Rich Fagan, and he was in the band Bread back in the day. So he's an older dude, super chill, and he loves going and reading YouTube comments and like keeping up with the charts and reading. So he'll he'll text me and keep me up to date, but I don't like watching and looking at all that. How'd you meet your wife? I met my wife through her brother, through a mutual friend. Um, I came back home after dropping out of college my freshman year. And texted this dude that I went to high school with I hadn't seen in probably two or three years, um, asking him if he had any fruits I could have. And he had fruits at my friend's studio. So I went over there, and my friend's studio was Matt Royer. Um, got sidetracked in my head. Okay, so I meet, meet Matt this night through a mutual friend. Matt is like a 16-year-old kid with his feet up on the desk working on Pro Tools. And I'm like, yo, let me pick up a guitar. So I go in there and like freestyle rap with guitar. We kick it. We're hanging out for a while. He's like, you got to meet my dad. So I go back to Matt's house, meet Rob Royer. Me and him bro down. Somewhere in the mix, Delaney's in and out of the house with her boyfriend. And I was like. Oh, she had a boyfriend the first time you met her. Yeah, 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 for a while. And I told him I was going to marry her one day. Told her brother I was going to marry her one day. And her dad. I kind of told everybody within the first week of knowing Delaney I was going to marry her one day. That boyfriend that she had, by the way, was Jake Owen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were getting there. We were getting there. I spoiled it. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't. No, it's not. So you, um, but you met her with a boyfriend. How, yeah. how quickly did you guys start to see each other? Um, it kind of... I was pretty respectful with the timing because I, I let it play out. Um, I was sleeping on the couch in the studio of the basement. They had a house over here off Tyne. And so me and Matt would stay up all night making music. And she was off to her. It was like right at the tail end of her senior year of high school. Um, I sat with her boyfriend and her dad at her graduation. So you sat with her. I mean, let me, let me picture this. You sat with her boyfriend and her dad. 
Yeah, because we we were all at the house. Like we just, it was like the animal house, dude. We were just all so we're all going to Delaney's graduation. Um, she graduated. They broke up. We all went to St. Thomas because her dad wanted to go look for houses in the islands. So we went to St. Thomas, stayed in this house for six weeks. Wow. That would be where we probably made it official that we were actually— Stayed out there for six weeks? Yeah. You had had no job at all. Stayed out there for six weeks, and then he found— How did you have money? If you could do that for six weeks, how did you have money? Well, check. This is where where it gets cool because when I dropped out of college, my parents said, you got a year to figure something out. Pretty quick after that, we're in the islands for six weeks. Rob finds a house. We move into that house, but he gets us an apartment, like a one-bedroom apartment for me and Delaney's brother to share. We stay there for six months, and I get gigs four nights a week. I'm playing, like, bar gigs. You're playing in the islands four nights a week? Yeah, That's for like cool. for eight months I was just playing. Eight months? Yes, I'm, dude. The islands is our home away from home. Like we still go to that house. That's you stayed there for eight months playing gigs on the island, playing gigs, chilling. That's I would awesome. I would fly from the island to American University where Delaney went to college for one semester. We'd have our little conjugal visits, and then I'd go back to the island. Yeah, I'd play for enough money to get a taxi back, and like we'd split a p- large pizza in a calzone for a couple days, and you know, free food at the bar, and probably one of the greatest times of your life. Easily. That's where I say I found, I found myself in the islands, like breaking the whole Keith Smith thing that I had thought I was trying to be all through high school, this baseball thing, this whole persona I'd built up, all kind of got washed away, and I got to find my core self with how much time I just spent by myself in the islands. I'd never spent time by myself ever, really, especially without baseball. And... You know, all of a sudden I went from like all these expectations I thought people wanted me to be because of small Christian school, whatever, drama, gossip. Probably dad prominent in, te- you know. He's- yeah. Yeah. So there, there was, there was no pressure coming from my parents. It was more like, what is everybody going to think of me? They already think I'm here just being some stoner in, in the islands and throwing my life away. But it's like, those were the days that, solidified what I'm doing now because I'm playing to 14 people watching the Broncos game on a TV above my head and I got two more hours of this. And I loved it. Like, it was like, this is what I want to do. And now it's like, there's no bad room. Anytime I, <laughs> anytime I'm playing a show, it's like, nobody cares. Like, I've played way worse than this in, in the islands. <laughs> Regardless of what it is, you've played way worse. way worse, yeah. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, First wear comfort and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short sleeve moisture wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Tacovas.com. And don't go gently, y'all.
This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, how do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. I want to play another track from the album that's out today. Uh, let's play Tennessee Queen. Here we go. This is uh, track two on the record. Good God Almighty, we got it good. Got a couple acres way out in the woods. Loving's got me feeling like a king Oh, I can be your river song You can be my Tennessee queen No more traditional of sounding of a song Yeah That's why I pulled it here Yeah Than Tennessee queen Yeah And I play that in, in juxtaposition with some of this other stuff Like Dope Man Yeah, yeah To show that Sorry for moving your mic, my bad Yeah Stop or go home Okay, I'm gonna sit on my hands Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> You know, to to show, you know, how versatile you are at a very high level. Yeah. And I think that song shows that. So tell me about the song and why you decided to put sonically that there. Tennessee Queen, a uh, song I wrote with Jordan Schmidt and the Brothers Hunt. Dan and, Isbell. Yeah, Dan Isbell. And I think when we started writing it, maybe... It was like party was in mind a little bit. And the further I got down the line, I started falling, like, before the song was finished, I'd fallen in love with it. Um, because me and Delaney always talk about our our house it was built in 1963. Our kitchen looks strangely like Graceland. So we joke about our house being our own little Graceland. And it just became really personal to me. I mean, we're both Nashville kids, born and raised in Tennessee. Um, and sonically, Flower Shops is the centerpiece to the album content wise and and musically and i just felt like i felt like tennessee queen was a perfect song to have up at the top half of the album setting the tone yeah i do too yeah loved it uh here's comfortable when i'm crazy mm. uh you and rodney clausen wrote this one mm-hmm. i'm only comfortable when i'm crazy i'm just a candle in the wind 
my vibe is I like the slow stuff. Mm-hmm. Just in general, I like the slow stuff all the time. It's, you know, those two songs, yeah. you know, screamed at me for my personal taste. Yeah. But, you know, you are, for as big of a personality as you are, like you're very tender. <laughs> I am pretty sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> you're pretty, pretty. Do you find that it's difficult to get into a room with other writers, big, strong? I mean, Rodney Clausen, you know, Big, strong, successful, manly man of a man. Yes, he is. Do you find it's tough to get vulnerable when it's two, like, you know, dudes? Um, no, and, and with a guy like Rodney, I, I started writing that song by myself, um, and I pulled Rodney in because I knew that he would be the perfect guy to finish the song with. Uh, the way that song started, though, was we were sitting at Troubadour and talking with uh, one of my buddies, J.J., and we were talking about alcoholism, which, by the way, I'm like day 93 without alcohol today. Is uh, And I asked this, is that you're going to do it forever or you're just doing it to straighten out a little bit? Uh, I have no end goal. I, I'm not like trying to get to a certain spot. Right now, I'm happy not drinking. Okay. Um, but when we were talking about it, and at the time I was drinking, and I was describing what it's like to to have that I'd say demon, but, you know, you do fight it. And it's like you're only comfortable when you're crazy. Like being calm is the hardest thing to do. Being with your thoughts is the hardest thing to do. For any for any addict, I feel like, you know, that's the struggle is being alone with your thoughts. And so I said the phrase comfortable when I'm crazy, and I started a voice note singing it, go back, pick up my guitar, and kind of get this first verse chorus mapped out. Texted it to Rodney and was like, yo, can we please finish this? And like the next Tuesday we got in a room and uh, I was right. Rodney was the perfect guy because he added his Clausenisms on it. And that I think that and Feet Wanna Run are my two favorite songs on the album. Well, let's play that one then too. Okay. All right, here we go. This is uh, number four, Feet Wanna Run. And I can't seem to let go of her or that smoking gun. Uh, your son has an interesting name. Ryman. Yeah. Ryman St. Smith. No idea why he's naming that, but we'll move on. Um, <laughs> he's about to be one in April, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, because, you know, I just got married six months ago for the first time ever. Maybe seven months now. And, you know, she's 30. And now we're trying to figure out when we're going to have our first kid. And I've just dedicated most of my life well, all my life to my career. Yeah. And so, but now it's time to also do this at some point in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. How hard is it to have a baby? Ask Delaney. <laughs> the, to have the baby? Ridiculous. To, to keep the baby alive? Dude, having a baby puts everything else in the right perspective. I hear that. But did you, were you like me and did you go, okay, I've heard a hundred people say that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I am because... The the one thing I would tell everybody like the week or two after the baby is like all the cliches you've heard are exactly right. Like all, all those cliches, the way you feel and all that. Um, what they don't talk enough about, though, is the legitimate sleep deprivation, like clinically sleep depressed, depressed, deprived um, and depressed, but mm-hmm. deprived like two weeks in once once you're up like every hour you know throughout the night it gets ridiculous it's hard but then 
just when it gets like, oh, I can't take it anymore, the kid like smiles for the first time and you're like, oh, well, now I'm, I can do this forever. There's just like, there's nothing like your, your kid. And for me, being adopted, not ever really getting to see my DNA in the eyes, that, that's like another level of like, oh my God, you're, mm. you're part me and her. The person I love the most, I got to create a version of myself with. And like all the, all the qualities I dislike about myself and all the qualities I love about her, like you're going to get to be the perfect combination. Now, just I'm going to try not to fuck it up. <laughs> but but the, it's just a feeling of love that you can't, you know, I can't even describe it. You'll know. Now, put yourself a year and a half ago, though, and if someone were saying the exact same thing to you, would you go, yeah, I believe you, or would you go, that probably happens to everybody else, but I don't think it would happen to me. I think it would, I think I would have believed it, but it's just like you can't fathom the way it feels until you actually feel it. It's like you can see pictures of the Grand Canyon. That's true. It's the same type thing. Yeah. Having a kid is like going to the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I, I went to the Grand Canyon and almost died. So oh, yeah, that's right. Mix. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's the scariest time of my life. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. I forgot. We I talked hated about it, that. so I don't like the analogy. Yeah, uh, no, so. no, no. But the vast, the vastness <laughs> is indescribable. Yeah, I, I love it, man. And uh, it is hard. It is hard, and it's definitely hard on Delaney and having to balance being a dad and a husband and traveling and all that. I mean, that's where I start to worry. Yeah, it's tough. I'm on the road a lot. Yeah, you just got to prioritize it and make it, a, you got to make it like number one and then everything else comes number two. That's the new thing for me. It's like, I'm so self-centered naturally. Me too. I was yeah. by myself my whole life. Yeah. Just, I was just doing me and that was hard enough. Mm-hmm. And I spent 30 years of my life doggy paddling as fast as I could just to keep my head above water. Yeah. And doing that, you there's a sense of, well, I'll just say uh, it's a different kind of selfishness. Not that I want to keep everything, but I just had to worry about me all the time. Right. And so I worry that I'll have a kid and then I'm still going to be so selfish. And You'll snap into it. I mean, because Delaney, Delaney, too, she's an artist and very independent, and that's how we've gotten along and get along. We're, we're both very much doing our own thing. I worry, too, a little bit. And it's interesting you're a new dad and you have a, we have a similar background like kind of ish i don't like my dad bailed when i was five years old and yeah i don't know him yeah like how do i know that's not in me uh do you feel like you would walk out no but i don't think he and to be fair i think he was 17 my mom had she got pregnant she was 15 i think that um he probably didn't think that either yeah no but i mean 17 too i also think that i mean i could be speculating but you probably have developed quite a opposite complex due to that. Like you're very opposite. Like I've never had a drink of alcohol because right. of the alcoholism and drug. Well, I think you're going to be an awesome dad. Yeah, I think you're going to love it. I hear you. This kid, kid's going to have a yard to run around. <laughs> you know, <laughs> kid's, kid's going to be all right. Why did Ernest K take everything off streaming services so that Ernest could put everything on? You know, like there's going to be a time and place, and I can't wait to like drop a secret SoundCloud link with all the stuff. I just wanted it to be as clear as day. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm here for. And not to snub my other influences. I just wanted it for people that are going to just digest me for the first time. I want it. I want this guy to be the guy that's shaking their hands. And then once we get acquainted, I'll 
show you my shoe collection, you know, and it'll be, and maybe in in it, when I'm doing an hour and twenty set, there'll be a moment for me, yo, kick a beat, and I'll freestyle or something. There'll be a time for that, but right now, it's country music. This format is tough with older listeners or people who grew up around older country music listeners, in that they will they want you to only be one thing and. Even though they like many things, when they come to you for country, they think you should only be country. Yeah. Which isn't fair. I am a consumer as well, and I think I do this in other ways too. So I, tr- yeah. I try to adjust my habits based on what I see. Um, and so it is, especially in our format, I think it's the hardest to do multiple things or yeah. multiple types of things in music. Yeah. And so I, I agree and understand why you did what you did. But then I look at somebody, and it's not the same because country music is the hardest. But like a Machine Gun Kelly, yeah, who some people only know him for his alternative stuff. Yeah, my my, my <laughs> I wife. I feel like Eminem's responsible for him going that route too. Uh, why? I think that the rap, the little quick little one two rap battle, yeah, in a weird way, dude. I feel like Eminem might have ended MGK's rap career. How you rap back at that? So well, I'll just start yeah, doing... you don't, you don't, you ignore it and, and hope people don't yeah, bring it up forever. I'm gonna do something else now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> Let's try something else. <laughs> In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Tecovas.com. And don't go gently, y'all. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision-making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. What's happening on that? The album is released. Yeah. Then what? It, what? Because it's so. I was talking with a friend of mine who's putting out an album. It's today as well, mm. and someone I'm very close to, and he said, uh, "It's weird now, because record day used to be big party. It was out. You see how much it sold, or you watched iTunes, and you knew immediately. But now you go here it is, and you have to sit back and yeah." Well, you check in some streams in a week and then month and three months. Yeah. It's just not as like, boom, album, let's go, as it used to be. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I think I've worn my album out over the last, like, as soon as I got all the masters back, that's all I listened to for two or three weeks, and I've kind of let it go, and I'm ready for it to be consumed, and I'm going to step back for a minute and let... Let what happens happen. I mean, Flower Shops is doing awesome. I love the song. I'm confident with every song on the album. It's my favorite body of work I've made. And um, 
And yeah, man, I just let the people have it and chill and see what happens. My goal is for one day for an artist to, wherever I talk to them, it's here, or the radio show, or, or whatever platform I'm doing. It's just been a goal. And I, don't, I never tell an artist this, and it's a, but in my desired heart, an artist to come in and go, you know what? It isn't my favorite I've ever done. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's I mean, fine. It, it's still better than other people's, but it's not even my favorite. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, and I'll be honest, it's not even my most personal. Yeah. You know, I just yeah, want... Dude, I hope I just, that happens too. Because <laughs> it, be, it should be the favorite thing you've ever done, right? Yeah, or you put, I agree. You should be growing every time. Yes. Or then don't put it out. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. Um, unless you just are chasing a check. If you have some bills to pay, like I get that too. Yeah. Uh, but I would like for somebody to go, you know what? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's not my best. But it's but I think people will like it. Yeah, it, it's my it's definitely my favorite, and I think it's like it's the most. Not that lo- locals only was an honest honest record too, but my life has just changed a lot since I was chilling on an island and writing songs about being on an island. Like the story of this album from song one to some other bar is the story of a good love almost gone for good, and like you can, it's the love song. The Sucker for Small Town, Tennessee Queen, classic. And then you start to feel that crack that he's battling with. The the feet want to run, comfortable when I'm crazy. And then he messed it all up, flower shops, and then did it with you. So you're telling me this album is song by song a story. I picked it, yeah, I put it together to listen to top to bottom. So it is not a record of just good songs you put together. It's a record of songs that you have created that tell a story in chronological order. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and and it wasn't it wasn't intentionally when I'm writing each song I wasn't thinking about that. Once I put them in a pile and started living with the songs and the the list kind of started putting itself together as to well, yeah, and then ending it with some other bar kind of leaves it's a wink to leave the door open to you could actually play the album backwards and get the same kind of effect, get her it, back by the end. It's like those TikToks where they jump in the pool, but it's backward and they come flying out of the yeah, pool and they're, yeah. and they're Batman, <laughs> yes. Wolverine. You know, it's yes, like kind of that thing. You just watch like frontward, that. backwards. It's just like that. On your podcast, being earnest, what's well, that's a different animal too. Yeah, and you know everything you do has a different skill set, even though they are similar. And I understand that because I'll do stand up and I'll do radio, I'll do this or TV, and they all have a microphone. But like, oh, it must be the same. It's not really the same. There's just a microphone. There's a communication, but everything's different. Yeah. And so, but you're communicating a different way, songwriting, performing. What has been different about doing a long-form podcast? The hardest part would be new guests. Like, I can talk for an hour, but the I feel like I was really top-heavy on my guests. Like, I've, I need somebody to help bring me guests, and I guess as it grows. But um, making time to do the podcast also is like, like I'm saying – now that I got a kid, when I come home from the road, I got like two days in town. I need to spend family time. So that's why we were talking before you got in here, figuring out when I'm going to gear it back up because I need to probably take it on the road. And then when I'm, that'll help me get guests. I'll be in their city. And then I'm not wasting at home time to go talk in a microphone when I could be, you know. You'll be in their city. What do you mean? On tour. I like, know, no, I get that. But what guests are in Tupelo? I don't know. Oh, well, maybe no, maybe nobody. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe 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 that's a solo podcast. But but you know, I'm sure the New York and LA we hit it once a year yeah, with okay. somebody. <laughs> and you can do three. Yeah. While you're up there. Yeah. Do three or four and then you have Dude, selling meet and greets and doing like a live podcast before the show would be 
another thing would be awesome to do Q and A's. Do you find it was easier or harder than you imagined? Oh, harder. I mean, I, I, it's definitely harder than I imagined. I thought an hour is a long time to talk, dude. Like five minutes. When the first couple episodes I recorded just by myself on Ableton, like bored in quarantine, looking out a window, talking into a microphone, I thought it had been like 30 minutes. And I looked down, it's been like seven minutes. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a long hour. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to edit that long pause and start talking. Yeah, but um, I've had a good time doing it. I mean, I've gotten to have like you conversations I wouldn't normally have and get to hang out with people that, you know, people are busy, especially people I'm trying to have in my podcast. So it's always awesome to get somebody to kill an hour with me. And I've actually made friends because it's a pretty intimate thing yeah. to sit with someone for an hour. And I mean, it's rare that you and I even break eye contact while we're doing this because we're we're rat a tat tat. We got, you got to go, I got to go. We got and so we're dialed in here. Yeah, and, and it, it is a professional thing. But by the end of it, you're like, I just made more eye contact with you than almost any human ever yeah. for an hour straight. Yeah, especially today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Except for my wife, I don't do this for very long. Yeah, right. Um, but I've made people that I've met doing this. I'm now close friends with. Like mm. I would say, close friends with. That I wouldn't run into. We spend an hour getting to know each other. And then it's like, hey, man, you're around. Hit me the text. Right. Like, next thing you know, you kind of also learn someone, hopefully by listening to this, someone's sensibilities, and they become a fan, hopefully, of you. They, I mean, this is a, a yeah. great platform for long-term, um, for, like, fans to figure out who the people are, not just the music they're hearing. Yeah, that that is a great thing, too, because it, it lines up with social media well, which, you know, artists... You have to have the social media account to do part of it. This is a fun way for me to like not have to try too hard on Instagram and stuff to show my personality. Yeah. Um, podcasting is just like, all right, this is what this is what it would sound like if I was hanging out with this person and go like Al Dean, the Al Dean podcast. I spilled beer all over myself. I don't know if you saw an episode. I was I had a beer chugging device I was sponsored by, and uh, I put it on the beer can, and I was like, all right. Da, da, da. Blah, this is how this works. Popped it, and dude, the entire beer fell all over me, and we died laughing. And that was probably the greatest bonding moment of the, of the whole podcast. I destroyed myself with beer. We have about two minutes left here. Uh-huh. Um, a couple questions. Okay. And I'm going to do all, all your promo again. Uh, Reed, question for Ernest. Oh, let's go. Okay. okay. Um, what is your favorite song you've ever written? And also, uh, has there ever been a song that you wrote that someone else cut that later you wished you would have taken for yourself? Mm, good question. Favorite song I've ever written, it might be Feet Wanna Run. and Which we played earlier. Yeah. yeah. And, and favorite song, or a song that I wish that maybe I hadn't given away. Um, Mason Ramsey's Old Town Road. <laughs> yeah, Old Town Road. <laughs> yes. uh, Tightrope that Zane ended up putting out. I wrote with David Ryan Harris. It was like, I, wow, that was fast. Dude, we're so prepared. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? You think it. We have the AI. That's crazy. That's, uh, yeah, that, that's one I kind of wish I'd kept for myself, but I don't know if it would have been the same or made a project. I just yeah. liked my voice on it. Yeah. <laughs> Big yeah. shoe guy, you say? I like shoes. Yeah. my That was a metaphorical shoe collection I was referring to. I mean, like all my genres, but I do like shoes. But you wouldn't have made... Again, you wouldn't have used that metaphor. If you just didn't. got some off whites. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got the mules here. 
<laughs> Yo, what? Are the heels? Yo, these are crazy. <laughs> They're basically. They're slip. These are the hardest shoes ever. <laughs> I was like, yo, you messed the heel up, but there is no heel. There is no heel. Those are badass, Bobby Bones. I love a slide in the summer, but this is my winter slide. Tennis slides. Uh-huh. And so Fire. I rock those. I got a couple. Of those. They look like tennis shoes. You can wear them wherever you want. Jeans, pants, whatever. Bro, I also shoes. am a big yeah. shoe guy myself. Yeah, um, you are. I, I couldn't afford shoes growing up. Now it's like the things we couldn't have, we want. That's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like that's that's you know create and it's also a way to um, creatively be a, to have fashion yeah, without having to worry creative about creative expression. Wearing a non wrinkled shirt, dude. Throw a nice pair of shoes on with any outfit. It's a fit. Here's the uh, and I'll leave you with this. Okay, that's a good comment there. I was with my wife, and she's um, really big into fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a she did uh, commodity sales for oil and gas and was an like engineer but there's no reason for her to be in fashion she just loves it but she's so into fashion and she like will pick out stuff i don't know what she's doing she picks out stuff (laughs) and she looks great and she's got she wears this kind of pants and whatever and so we're out we're we're walking we're in las vegas and our flight we are the something broke and so we had to stay back an extra day and i'm in a t-shirt that's the neck's ripped a little bit. It's wrinkled. I've got a pair of Razorback gym shorts on that are probably a little too short. Mm. I've got these shoes on. I mean, I look like a, a garbage can, and she looks perfect. <laughs> and we go into a store, and the guy comes up to us. And is like, oh my god, your fashion. It, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it is. And he's looking at me, and he thought that the garbage I had put together was on purpose, and. I just, the Kanye I, I, effect. I though. took it and I was like, "Thank you." And she was like, "What is happening, dude?" She goes, that, "Those were the clothes on the ground you wore yesterday." I was like, "I know." Yeah. Apparently, I'm a fashionista. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is the greatest it's fashion. Look yes. it up. Yes. Um, okay. Here we go. Let's 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 do it. Okay. Uh, Flower shops. The album out today. You're gonna love it. I'm telling you, you're gonna love it. I enjoy it. I don't always. Not your, I'm talking about your stuff, but I don't always, so I don't say it. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Most times, I'm just like, hey, there's a project out there, and everybody check it out. Uh, I'm a big fan of what you do in, in many places. Thank you. So I hope people check out Flower Shops, the album. Um, Flower Shops, the song is just blowing up. You're going to have no choice but to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the first thing. The second one is I want people to check out your podcast. And there's so many. There are episodes. You can go and like... You know, listen to a few a week. You got yeah. plenty up there. Yeah. Um, I enjoy doing your podcast, and I don't really enjoy doing that stuff for the most part. Well, I'm glad you did. I'm I thankful. mean, you just hit me on DM. Yeah, well, I slid in his DM. And, and it went into my, and, it, and I never checked my general. Yeah. And for some reason, I was like, let me look over my general and see if, and I saw yours, and I was like, you said, hey, you want to do the podcast? Blue like, check goes a long way. Yeah, and, I, and I, <laughs> I replied back. I was like, yeah, sure, let's, let's set it up. Yeah. It was, the, it was that easy. No yeah. no PR. No, we just did it. Yeah. It, was, it was awesome. Yeah. I got in trouble after that interview. I just want to say that one more time. Um, so oh, We might be even. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, and then, is there anything else? I want that I wanted to promote on you. I feel like there was. You can go to at Ernest, by the way, his Instagram. Are you shows? Yeah, I'm uh, just Ernest fin- Official website. Yeah, Ernest Official. Yeah, all the shows are on there. Finishing out the tour, Chris Lane, uh, playing festivals and stuff this summer. Doing some shows on the Dangerous tour. I'll pull the Opry part if you want. Is this off air? Yeah. 
What do you think? I would leave. You didn't say anything at all that was controversial. Then leave it. But I'm, I'm happy, and if we don't pull it, I'll leave this in too. I'm happy to pull it if you're uncomfortable with it because I never want anyone to come in and feel uncomfortable for any reason. And I wouldn't have even asked you that question yeah. if I thought it was going to go to a place that would get anyone in trouble. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, I said how I honestly feel. I, I hope it doesn't get taken the wrong way. I don't – Mike, do you think it could – I was listening. I don't even think it could be interpreted the wrong way. Because I made notes. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I don't, think the only thing is me saying I didn't think about it, you know, because I didn't think about – the backlash that would come with it, which <laughs> probably would get me in trouble in the first place for not thinking about it. Oh, if you're worried about you not thinking getting you in trouble, I think that's that, that already happened. Yeah, okay. But if you feel like, hey, let's pull it, let me know. I'm happy to pull it. I personally, I know, because like me when I left yours, I was uncomfortable and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to get kicked in the balls for that. But I thought, you know what? I meant what I said. And if something comes of it, no, I'll do it again. I'll say it again. So yeah. if you do feel like, hey, I don't like that very much, would you just hit Mike up. We're happy to pull it. Okay. Because I never want you to come here and feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because. Cause yeah, you I, know, I didn't even feel cornered till after it happened. <laughs> here? Yeah. <laughs> it already happened. I was like, oh, f- that was it. I saw- <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but it. Okay, so let me know. I'm happy, okay. I'm happy to take it out. I think I did really well. I think I did okay with it. I think. It was okay. There is nothing that you did that will get you in trouble. Okay, cool. Um, so it, the only thing that if I were you, I'd think twice about was you going, eh, I took some of the shine off of it, but you were being honest. That's honest. That's honesty. That's yeah. not you saying anything controversial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So think about it. Okay. If not, we're leaving all this up too. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Sweet. It, big fan. Thank you. Thanks for having me on here. Keep doing the deal. Uh, I obviously have to go, but the last time that I saw you, I walked into a restaurant and you were like, hey, what's up? And yeah. I was like, what up, dude? Yeah, yeah. And then you were like, Jake Owen's sitting over there. Because I guess you and Jake know each other. And I yeah. Like, I was like, I know. I'm going to eat with them. Yeah. And, and was that I, like the first time y'all had hung out or no, something? No, Jake, okay. Jake and I are good friends. Okay, okay, okay. And then I went and sat down with him. And he goes, Ernest is over there. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I, know. I just saw him. <laughs> well, it's funny because I was I was going to send y'all a bottle and then realized neither of y'all were drinking. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we a wasted bottle. All right, good to talk to you, Ernest. Yeah, thanks, man. All right. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines. Plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit Tacova's.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And don't go gently, y'all. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.